know that the Gospel of Matthew wants you to see Jesus as a prophet and a king? Today we're going to look at Matthew's account of the good news of Jesus on The Bible Brief. Now that we understand that gospel means good news, we're going to look at the Gospel of Matthew and explore the good news it contains. We're going to dive into the focus of the narrative account and the unique emphasis that the author presents to help us understand Jesus and who he is. There are many pages in Matthew's gospel, and all of those pages serve to establish three basic themes about Jesus. The first theme is that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah King. The second is that Jesus is the long-awaited prophet like Moses. And the third is that Jesus is the Savior of the world. So let's look at each of these three themes and see how they play out in the Gospel of Matthew. First, that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah King. From the very first words of the Gospel, we can see the message being sent. Of all things, Matthew starts with a genealogy, which might seem boring at first. What good news do you know of that starts with a genealogy? But listen to this. Matthew is not trying to start a story with his Gospel. Instead, he's trying to immediately demonstrate that he's writing the next chapter of a story that's not yet finished that started in the Old Testament. So he starts with a genealogy, and in it, he focuses on two people that we already know from our run through the Bible. He focuses on Abraham, remember he's the namesake of the Abrahamic covenant, and King David, the namesake of the Davidic covenant. Matthew is immediately going through pains to ensure that we simply know one thing. Jesus is legally related to both Abraham and David. Listen to the first verse of Matthew. An account of the genealogy of Jesus Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. That's Matthew 1 verse 1. Clearly, from the first sentence, Matthew wants us to know that Jesus is the long-expected seed of Abraham and the seed of David who will fulfill the promises to them in the covenants. And Matthew continues to amplify this point that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah King. He amplifies it in the birth narrative of Jesus. We see people from a faraway land looking for one that is, quote, King of the Jews. And for much of the ministry recorded in the book, we see Jesus Messiah explaining what his kingdom is like and what it will be like. Matthew says over and over again that Jesus is preaching about the, quote, kingdom of heaven. And finally, in the narrative of the crucifixion, Matthew highlights that they put a sign above Jesus' head on the cross to mock him. You know what that sign said? This is Jesus, king of the Jews. Throughout this gospel, Matthew wants us to see that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah king. Now let's move on to the second theme. Jesus is the long-awaited prophet like Moses. Now, this theme requires some explanation, so bear with me here. You remember Moses from our run through the Bible. Moses was the one who led the Israelite people out of Egyptian slavery. Moses was also the one through whom God delivered his law to the people before they entered the land of Canaan. Now, apart from these two roles, he also had one other role, and that was prophet. That is, he spoke God's words on God's behalf with God's approval. We learned about many other prophets in the Old Testament in our run-through, and Moses is one of these prophets. As he led the Israelites in the wilderness between Egypt and the land of Canaan, God spoke through him to the people. 
He was one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament who's referenced over and over again as a prophet. That said, let's connect this to the second theme of Matthew, that Jesus is the long-awaited prophet like Moses. At one point in Deuteronomy chapter 18, God says this to Moses. He says, I will raise up for them, that is Israel, I will raise up for them a prophet like you, Moses, from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command them. I will hold accountable whoever does not listen to my words that he speaks in my name. God tells the people that just as Moses spoke his words and gave them the law that they might prosper in the land of Canaan, so also God would send a prophet like Moses to them that they should listen to. And God even says that he will hold the person accountable who doesn't listen to this future prophet. So with that backdrop in the Gospel of Matthew, we meet Jesus, who is this ultimate prophet like Moses. And we know that Matthew wants us to understand Jesus as the fulfillment of this ancient prophecy based on the structure of the book itself. Do you remember what was unique about the infancy of Moses? Remember, despite an order from Pharaoh for all the baby boys from Israel to be thrown into the Nile to drown, Moses was saved from this fate. Similarly, in an account that echoes this, Matthew records that Jesus and his family had to flee the place of his infancy because the ruler was seeking his life. And that ruler tried to ensure the destruction of Jesus by commanding that all baby boys two and under were to be killed in that region where Jesus was born. Just like Moses, Jesus escaped his attempted murder when he was an infant. Now, there are other places throughout Matthew's gospel that continue in this theme. They demonstrate that Jesus is this prophet like Moses. But we're going to just focus on one other one. Perhaps the best view of this intentional relation of Moses and Jesus is seen in the setting and content of Jesus' most famous sermon, called the Sermon on the Mount. Let's set the stage. Here's the beginning of Matthew chapter 5. When he, that is Jesus, when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And his sermon goes on for chapters 5, 6, and 7 in the book of Matthew and ends with this short narrative. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, because he was teaching them like one who had authority and not like their scribes. Can you guess of another figure who went up on a mountain to give teaching to the crowds? You guessed it, Moses. Moses, when he received the law from God at Mount Sinai. But let's not miss this big contrast between the two here as well. In Jesus' case, he is the source of the teaching. That is, he goes up on the mount and teaches the people. Whereas with Moses, God was the source of the law that Moses received on the mountain that then he delivered to the people. This not-so-subtle difference tells us something even more about Jesus. Yes, he is the prophet like Moses who speaks the words of God, but Jesus isn't receiving the words here at all. He's the source of them. Matthew is telling us that Jesus is God himself, God speaking his own teaching to the crowds. Now there's more to this theme that we could explore, but just this taste should give you the idea that we're meant to compare and contrast 
the life of Moses, and the life of Jesus, to discover that Jesus is both the prophet like Moses and God himself. Finally, let's shift to the third theme, that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Throughout Jesus' ministry in the Gospel of Matthew, we see consistent contrasts between the Jews of Jesus' day and the people of other nations. The people of other nations are something that the Bible calls Gentiles. Gentiles is another word for non-Jews. Basically, we have two categories, Jews and non-Jews called Gentiles. Okay, so consistently in the Gospel of Matthew, he records that Jesus has compassion and grace on those who are not Jews. He heals a Roman military officer's servant. He heals a Gentile woman's daughter. And he even previews that Gentiles, these non-Jews, will enter his eternal kingdom. Most importantly, though, in his final command to his disciples before he ascends into heaven, Jesus commands them to make disciples of every nation who will observe everything that Jesus commanded. Despite being a descendant of Abraham and David as the Messiah King, Despite being a prophet like Moses and ministering within Israel during his earthly life, Matthew demonstrates that Jesus' ultimate mission was not to be just Savior of the Jews only, but Savior of the whole world, Jews and Gentiles. Now, this has just been a quick preview of the main themes of the book of Matthew, and I hope that it piques your interest to see if you can spot the themes as you read the book yourself. Tomorrow, we're going to look into the Gospel of Mark to see how he uniquely emphasizes an aspect of the ministry of Jesus in his account of the good news. Thanks for listening to The Bible Brief. Have you donated to the Bible Literacy Foundation? We'd love for you to partner with us so that we can expand our reach and grow. Your support means more people will have access to the life-changing story and message of the Bible. The easy way to donate is to click the link in the show notes to this episode. Alternatively, you can go to our website, BibleLiteracyFoundation.com, and click Donate. Thank you for making this show possible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2022